The following podcast contains some strong language and some very average opinions. Any references to actual people are wildly inaccurate. It's probably best if you don't listen at all. The Roaring Peacock Podcast. Welcome back to the Roaring Peacock podcast. This is the match review for Chelsea 3, Leeds United 1. And we have to uh, crawl back up north with our tail between our legs, don't we, a little bit. So my name's Adonis. Uh, you know me as at the Adelites on Twitter. And uh, joining us on this sad cast, I guess you could say, <laughs> is Mr. Stuart Barnett, but you know him as Barney. Barney underscore 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 21. Hello. And Mr. Michael Cook, or you know him as Cookie, or at Mickled Onions. Hello. So come on then, let's have it. Barney thinks uh, Click's done a great job. Cookie is about to bust a vein. (laughs) I think it's hard to be harsh on Click because he's so good, he's so consistent. There's a reason Bielsa said that he could play for any of the top sides, but... Um, I don't think it was his fault necessarily, because like you were saying, none of the triangles were happening, but he just he just seemed like he drifted through the game in the second half. The first half he was decent, but second half I just don't feel like he contributed a lot. But all of the creativity falls onto him when we don't play a 10, and we mm. didn't have a 10. So <laughs> it's all on click. So the triangles you're referring to is, um, because obviously the um, the audience aren't in our group chat, no, of course. <laughs> <laughs> is that, especially in the second half, Chelsea kind of backed off a bit and were playing like a medium block. They weren't playing like a low block like Burnley would do. They weren't playing a high press like Liverpool do. Um, they were playing this kind of medium block and they were just sitting in their own half. And what happened was our centre-backs would get to the halfway line and nobody was kind of dropping back to collect the ball and and play those lovely triangles up the pitch up the pitch. So basically, essentially, the transition from defence to attack uh, wasn't there. But let's maybe um, let's maybe <laughs> because otherwise, you know, I'm going to be crying listening back to this, trying to edit it. So there must be some positives. I mean. Um, the first few three. moments of the game, Chelsea <laughs> had a lot of attacks and then all of a sudden, Phillips gets the ball, kind of one, two touches, then plays it with his left foot, slide roll pass to Bamford. Brilliant goal, brilliant start, brilliant pass from Phillips. I know that you like talking about Phillips, Barney. <laughs> well, I've got my tissues ready at the moment anyway. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean... That wasn't the Phillips that we're used to, is it, as, as well? Because I never knew that Phillips had a left foot for a mm. start because he's always right-footed. And also the fact that he was on the on the, on the the right-hand wing to actually pass that to, to, to Bamford. But also the Bamford's control and just actually understanding where he could score as well. But it was quite interesting as well when he scored, he didn't celebrate. He did. Did you notice that? He did. So he did one no, of those. Like, he did one of those cunt things he did that he that, does. And then all <laughs> he spelled out. <laughs> he spelled out cunt in sign language or whatever he does. He did that, and then he was just like, just like, right, fine, I've scored. Let's carry on, kind of thing. And didn't like go go mental or anything. So I think a big big part of that though, Barney, is he probably knew 
exactly like we expected was that Chelsea would have a lot of chances. They've got a lot of world-class players. There's no point doing a big celebration 1-0 up after, what, three minutes? Because as we all expected, Chelsea were going to come back into it. So I think that's probably... I think it's more that than any loyalty to Chelsea because I think we can all tell from all the things he said he, he feels a bit burnt by Chelsea, lack of trust from Chelsea and all the teams he got sent to by Chelsea. So I don't think it was loyalty to them anyway. He did say before the game in the interview that um, he... What did he say? He said, he, that he, he said that he um, he didn't have anything bad to say about. He didn't have a bad word to say about Chelsea. That's what he said. Because they paid him a lot of fucking money to do fuck yeah. <laughs> But also, it also as well, it, it just it, there's two two things to it as well. Is that also the, the Chelsea youth system, and also the fact that there's players like Bamford who actually want to go to a, a football club and want to play football and actually improve themselves. But Chelsea youth system just sending random players out to different teams. Mm. But, but Bamford actually said that it's the first manager, Bielsa, he's worked under that actually trusts him and what he can do as an individual player and improve on it as well. Because, I mean, look at the Chelsea... I mean, we're going on a different tangent here, but if you're looking at different, looking at Chelsea's youth system, they're just sending players out to different clubs to not actually... What, what benefit is that going to be to the player and also the club when they come back as well? Did you listen to the match preview? No, clearly. Um... <laughs> Sorry, we may have covered that. <laughs> I tell you one thing though, um, he'll definitely be celebrating if he scores against uh, Burnley because he don't like Sean fucking Dyke, does he? Mm, that's true. <laughs> um, tell you who else was celebrating? Jack Harrison. When the uh, when the uh, when Bamford had the ball, he went round the keeper. Yeah, Harrison knew. He knew, he didn't did, he? Yeah. He, knew. he put his hands up straight away, didn't he? He just mm. knew straight away yeah. it was going in. That yeah. was Harrison's best contribution today. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> his, his pillow feet left him today. He's normally got such an unbelievable touch, and he still did it a couple of times, but thought he was poor on the ball today, gave it away. Um, too, he reminded me of his first season, actually. Yeah. No, when product, like that, that time you were saying, he took a touch to cross it. And it should have just been a first-time dink, and it and it didn't even get it past first man, and it it was frustrating. What it did remind you of that first season. I didn't I mind th- that I th- touch. I didn't mind him taking a touch. That's fine because the problem, if it if, if there was a problem with him taking a touch, then you know the defender would have closed him down. He wouldn't have been able to get his cross away. But the thing is, the trouble <laughs> is that it's either hitting the first man or it's or it's. Going way yeah. over the back post and all the way to the um, the touchline. I don't understand how you can um, play football for that long and not be able to uh, have that deafness of touch. That means that you you're either not. It's a confidence thing, isn't it? So you're either trying too hard, and you're getting all tense, and you're trying to put too much on it, and it and you're leaning back, and it goes all way too high and too far or you're trying not to do that and you're going inside of yourself and you're a bit cautious and that that's when it doesn't go far enough um so i think maybe he just needs to relax or i just don't know do you know what i mean yeah i I think sometimes harrison tries to overplay it because he's he's probably his biggest critic of his play sometimes and he tries to improve all the time and that's why he overplays sometimes. But also I think that the fact that you can see that the opposition team mark Harrison out straight away because 
it, you can see it straight away from the, from our centre backs to Harris to uh, Phillips in midfield. We spread it straight away to Harrison because he's got the, the actual first touch and then run on the ball. And I think he's he's trying to understand how the Premier League players are going to be understanding how he plays as well. So it's it's a, a another big, big step up for him as well. Again, yeah. I mean, Bielsa clearly rates Harrison because I think I think he switched the wingers not because it was something to benefit the game. I think he did it to benefit Harrison because he was struggling so much. And I think he had faith that he could maybe do it on the other wing. But I just think he just he had an off day. Um, I mean, we could spend all day today, couldn't we, talking about some of the not-so-great performances. I do still think there were, there were three sort of main positives that I really think stood out. Melier who I thought was outstanding, barring a couple of dodgy passes in first half. Mm-hmm. Bamford still scoring goals. And Lorente is actually not a ghost. He exists <laughs> and played some football. Um, so I think I think those three are the positives I take away from today. And I don't think many teams will do to us what Chelsea have done today with a, an half a billion pound squad at the very least. They were very good, weren't they? They looked they like very talented footballers. They also look very fit and strong. Yeah, they look like a top three team. They didn't look like a team that might push for fourth. They looked like a team that are closer to challenging for the title than hoping to cling on to Champions League football. They did, yeah. Can I just say something? I disagree. I don't think they look that good. I do not think they look that good. The amount of money they've spent as a football club. Well, you're wrong, Barney. (laughs) I thought the beaters were out getting out of second gear they didn't really get out of second gear like second half they were able to just use their you know raw talent and just play it around and not worry too much and um, you know they've got some good youngs I thought Reese James looked looked class the only one I would say that they've spent a lot of money on that I don't really understand what he contributes is that Kai Havertz I don't don't get him don't get what he is (laughs) But I think I thought they were very good. I think there's a tendency, like on first watch, to think that a team didn't get out of second gear. I heard that a few times, not just from you guys in the group, but also on Twitter. And and I think that's because they had 38% possession in that second half. Um, I don't I disagree with that. I don't think that it's about getting out of second gear. I think it's a tactic. And that's why I mentioned that, that kind of medium low block. Yeah. So that you're not gag and pressing the whole time you know so that's when you think you think about psychologically when you're watching a team and the energy that's going into it that that press that pressing all over the pitch and that movement that makes you think okay they're in top gear you know (laughs) and if they're sitting back like Burnley do or like Chelsea did today then you're thinking okay they're in second gear or whatever I think it's a tactic, and I think it worked very, very well. Instead, all of the teams that we find difficult are the teams that that are difficult to break down. And that's because it's always difficult to break teams down when they play in a low block. But Chelsea played in this medium block, and what they did was they they stopped the transition from defence to attack, and then they countered there. And honestly, they had 15 shots in that second half. I mean, six on target, and if it wasn't for Melier, um, and if it wasn't yeah. for a little bit of bad finishing from them, wow. I mean, they created 12 chances, 12 like pretty good chances, four big chances. Yeah. Do you think, Donny, that other teams will look at what Chelsea have done today 
and try and mirror that against us, seeing how successful it was in moving forwards? Or do you think that, because my view is a lot of it, and I talked about this in the group as well, it felt like until maybe the last 15 minutes, Cooper didn't do a lot of progressing the ball forwards. He looked to pass it to Lorente, like he often does to, to Cock. And I think Lorente, in, in his defence, has barely trained, let alone played, and I think just isn't really with the team flow yet to, to, to have that outward ball really well. And he was obviously getting pantomime noises from the crowd, which might have put him off a bit. Um, but it, it felt to me like that's a good tactic against us, um, you know, stopping that transition. But is it because we were missing the centre-half who usually progresses it? I don't know. Well, I'd do that. If I was an opposition manager, I'd use those tactics. You don't change a winning formula, do you? So, I mean... I would have used those tactics against the Bielsa side already. I mean, it's the obvious thing to do, in my opinion. Um, How do you think we overcome that? You overcome it by having more energy and getting players back. You have more energy. So your movement off the ball, making runs for the passes, you get people back by, okay, now Rodrigo comes. Okay, there wasn't an option. Now Click comes back. Now Phillips comes back. So everybody's constantly moving back to help um, Lorente and, and Cooper find options to move it up the pitch. There was one time where Rodrigo came back and had a little interchange with Ailing, yeah. and that, that little interchange got us past their block, you know? And then we were on our way and we were at the pitch. So, so it was just... It was a little bit lethargic, I think, from the midfield. Um, I, I'm not convinced of um, of of Johnny's um, of of Johnny's ability to play in there, and uh, I thought his tenacity and his energy and his work rate off the ball was really important to us. And I think that that's why um, I think that's why Bielsa brought Harrison off to start off with. But I think if we'd have had somebody like Rodrigo de Paul, um, you know, to bring off the bench, he's, you know, he's played his regulation five under 23 games and he's on the bench and we can bring him on. I think that would have made a huge difference to us today. Do you have tissues for Rodrigo de Paul like um, Barney does for Calvin? <laughs> he's a sexy man. He's a sexy man. He is, he is he's man. absolutely very gorgeous as well. Yeah. Okay, think, I'm not yeah. getting involved in this. <laughs> <laughs> no, just. Just to, to, to your point, Donnie, about the, the way Cooper and Lorente was looking for that pass, mm. it was true because there was a couple of times when um, Cooper had the ball and he was just waiting for that player and he just had to pass it back to Lorente straight away because then you could see him off the ball. like really frustrated that there was no, no movement. But I think it sort of changed when R Rodrigo came on. He's a different... It's a different class to every every single player we've got in our squad. It should be it's, starting without any question for me, hundred percent. Yeah, but the, the thing is, though, that the, the, the debate is if he, if Rodrigo starts, who who doesn't start? Well, it's got to be one of Alioski or Dallas because you had Alioski playing at left back today. I thought he was pretty poor, and I think the biggest question for me is. Well, the thing for me today was that today was a great advertisement for why you need a left-back playing left-back. And I know that we mix it up, but neither Dallas or Alioski played well in that position today because they were against Pacey, world-class players. 
who can do that if you're not a proper left back. So it's not against them. They're not proper left backs. Yeah. Um, so there were just too many attackers on the pitch. <laughs> and that's all we had on the bench, really. Um, so we had we had Strauch and Lorente. And obviously, Cock had to go off early. That didn't um, look good either, did it, uh, when it came off? I mean, should he have started? But Bielsa said in his press conference, sometimes you've got to have a certain player, you've got to be in the squad that you shouldn't have in the squad. And everyone's thinking, including myself, that Lorente was going to be in the squad. But maybe that was actually Cock was going to be starting, but maybe he shouldn't be starting. He must have wanted to play himself. He must have felt okay. Otherwise, yeah. I don't think he would have risked it. So I think, you know, if he's maybe only been 90% and then it's just not felt right. I mean, no, it's not really come out what sort of injury he's had, has it? So um looks like they were saying he had ice on his knee afterwards, but it kind of looked like he was holding his his hamstring when he was um, struggling. So we'll have, to, we'll have to wait and see. But, I mean, we have got a, what, 20 million centre-half that plays the exact same position. So hopefully, Lorente can can replace him. I think it also answers the, que- the, the the argument about that Lorente is a competition for Cock, not for Cooper. Because Lorente is a right-footed um, centre-half yeah. and the way he was playing was exactly how Cock would play in that in that role as well, going forward yeah. with the ball and Cooper just sits back all the same. Yeah. I thought Lorente was absolutely class, considering it's his first start after... Yeah. How many times? It needs context, doesn't it? Yeah. Context of having really not trained much. Um, So I agree with you. He was in, when I tweeted afterwards, I was like, one of my positives was Lorente starting. I don't think he was fantastic. Thought he gave the ball away a couple of times. Couldn't understand why the Chelsea fans were giving him so much grief. Thought the yellow card was nonsense. Um, but I thought he looked he looked steady. I just think he doesn't know how the team plays well enough yet to mm. to interlink properly, which is in in his defence he hasn't been involved enough. Um, you know the the left back conversation, by the way. Do you think there's a reason um, Leif Davis isn't getting a look in? He's a proper left back. He's got pace. He's been around the first team squad. He was dropped from the bench today for Lorente. Um, I don't understand why he's not getting a look in because he's, he's fast as all. Is it because of the the fact that? When Bielsa um, picks his squad for the, the first team, is the fact that those players need to be playing in two positions. So for the fact that Lorente could probably play in a defensive role and also in a midfield role, same with Cock. Dallas can interchange in every, he could probably play in goal in some <laughs> in some games as well. So I think it's about the actual mobile mob, mobility. Sorry, that's right. A bit pissed at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> We've had a few beers, but I think it's about the mobility, about the, the players in on the bench as well. Because Bielsa always says about a player, it should he, he, he chooses that so they can play in two different positions. So he's got he's got well a few options off the bench that can interchange. So even though it was a particularly poor performance, let's say, with quite a few sloppy passes. Obviously not the right movement. And we still had a chance to get back into the game. And Perveda, mm-hmm. he needs to go down, doesn't he? He needs to go down. This is the problem, though, isn't it? He shouldn't need to go down, especially when you've got VAR now. What's the difference between that and what happened with uh, Danny Welbeck? You know, where that was a penalty. The only difference is that Welbeck goes down and players get 
grief all the time for going down. Clearly, Paveda didn't feel like it was enough contact for him to fall over, but it very clearly was a foul. It tripped him, and he had to obviously, if luckily, kept hold of the ball because he's got good balance and got a shot off. But it's definitely a penalty, and I can't understand for the life of me why VAR doesn't take a look at that and go, okay, the advantage was played, but actually nothing's come of it. That is a penalty. I don't think we would have deserved it, but I would have enjoyed it to to, to steal a two-all because then I don't think they get the third goal. Yeah, we definitely didn't deserve it. I thought no. it was more than deserved. I actually thought it should have been more, probably. There was one where Werner, I think it was, cleared it off our line <laughs> for us. Yeah, it was superb in defence for us, was <laughs> Werner. <laughs> Which was nice. Um, yeah. I did think that it it was very clear from how Chelsea play that they are dangerous on the right-hand side. And I don't know, I would have expected us to somehow address that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like all I've talked about already, neither of the guys who played left-back, Alioski or Dallas, did a good job of covering that right-hand side. Mm. Um, I think you were taking your, your left wing, your, sorry, your, yeah, your winger out of the game. Um, if they were having to get back and help them so much, which again probably caused struggles for us to then get forwards afterwards. Um, I don't understand for the life of me why Dallas don't take a yellow card to bring Werner down to stop the third goal. Oh my God. It's just, that's that's the perfect place to take a yellow. You're never getting sent off because there's covering men. You're too late in the game to worry about getting a red card later on and you just save us the goal. That. That's the, And I don't get me wrong, guys, I do not think we'll be in a relegation battle. I think we will finish somewhere in and around where we are now, anywhere between 10th and 14th we could be, I think. Um, but the goal difference makes a huge a huge difference, doesn't it, in terms of where you finish. And we're yeah. currently after that, we're now on minus four. Um, you know, there's only, I think it's like eight teams at the bottom who are on minus goal difference. And I don't like being one of them. You give away, the, you give away the free kick, you get the yellow card, it's still 2-1. And we might nick a goal. Yeah, 100%. You, just, you never know. For me, dare I say, I nearly tweeted about it as well that before Chelsea scored. The first half was very much like the first season on the Bielsa against Derby away. We just knew straight away how Derby, how Chelsea was going to play under a Frank Lampard team. And then the second half was very much like how Derby beat us in the playoff semi-final. He just knew how that which, which sort of goal that would. I mean, Werner's goal, the third goal, was very much like Mount's goal when he scored against us in in the playoffs. When it like it hit us on the break through the middle straight away. Yeah, I aren't going to take though that Lampard's out tactic bail. So though I think, um, and I don't think that's what you're saying. I think that he's outspent us, and if Bielsa had the quality of player you know, that, that Lampard has right now, they'd be winning the league. It, I mean, he might not be able to get those types of players who are a bit more deaverish to do what he gets players to do. And I think that's why mm. he probably doesn't manage at that level. But um, do I think Lampard's getting the best? I mean, they, they played very well. I thought they looked organised. Um, but do I think that Lampard's getting the best out of those players when you look at who's there and how much money they've spent? Um, no, I don't. I mean, they should. No. They should be competing for the title with how much money they I mean, spent, no doubt. Prime example was last Sunday against Spurs, where both teams had a chance to go actually clear going top, and both teams were just sat there defending all the time. And Chelsea looked, Chelsea didn't. They, they were just passing sideways all the time. 
they didn't turn up against Spurs, considering how they turned up against us. They didn't turn up against Scum either. Mm. They played out a goalless draw. I, I, I actually don't know where that performance has come from, from Chelsea, to be honest. Well, we, when we I look at their squad, play that way though, don't we? When I look at their squad, they've got probably the best squad in the world. <laughs> I mean, not even Brazil has a squad like that, you know? I don't know. I think that might be a, a bit of a push. I think Bayern Munich might argue <laughs> with you, or a couple of other squads. I think Man City, their squad and Liverpool still look... I mean, when you consider how many injuries Liverpool have gotten, they're still looking all right. Um, but yeah, I get what you mean, though. There's a lot of good players. I think the biggest thing with Chelsea is when you look at who they've got, they've got a lot of players with potential to go on even further than where they are now. You know, when you look at Werner and you look at Havertz and you look at Pulisic and all those kind of guys, they're all players who, they're not even really in the peak yet, are they? And if they had an actual world-class coach and not some overpaid bellend in Frank, I think that (laughs) those, those guys would go on to be players who might want to move to Real Madrid. (laughs) <laughs> um, you know, like Hazard, but I, I do not think um, they'll get there under Frank. I also don't think Frank will be there in a couple of years, but we'll see. Okay, and I should just address it. Um, there were a number of people in the crowd not wearing masks. Um, if you're not wearing a mask, you're a fucking idiot because you don't listen to scientists. Um, so you need to listen to the people who are experts. I just like, we think that Frank Lampard doesn't know anything about football, right? Compared to Bielsa. I can guarantee that you, whoever you are, you're, whether you're a postman or whatever you're doing, you don't know as much about science as the people who've gone to university and got a degree and work in the field for years. Fucking so mate, just, most of the people doing this have got PhDs, let alone fucking degrees. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah but I, I've watched something on YouTube and it says it's different to that. <laughs> I can't the believe you're denying that 5G is the cause, Donny. <laughs> Put it's on 5G. a fucking mask. Have you, have, you seen the, have you seen the map? The 5G and the viruses in the certain areas... <laughs> It's exactly the same. So it's all those... The reason coronavirus is going, you know, getting bad in Leeds is them new 5G masks they've put up at Ellen Road. They're not actually floodlights. They're new 5G masks to spread COVID in Leeds. That's what it is. <laughs> They're actually spying on everyone. <laughs> <laughs> and here's another one while we're at it. If, if your skin is white, just shut the fuck up about racism. Because you have no fucking idea. You're not an expert. You haven't been exposed to the amount of fucking bullshit that um, black people have. So stop pretending that you're a fucking expert on racism as well. Yeah, but surely all lies matters. (laughs) Shut up, Barney. (laughs) (laughs) And I've got a sister who's mixed race and I don't even have a fucking clue how she feels about it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I can't pretend to have a better knowledge of it because of that. So I just... Uh, the, the Millwall thing today, they can get it fucking bin, the horrible racist cunts. Uh, 
Oh, the, oh, that stuff today, the people, how how they were defending it and stuff like that was just like, it, this, it, take politics out of football. Well, it's not about politics, though, is it? Oh, yeah, it saying, is, mate. BLM are fucking Marxists, don't you know? <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, though, with Marxism, the modern-day Marxism is about making people equal from all sides of society. No, here's your it's... problem, Barnis. Get away from that, right? The problem is... Millwall fans too fucking stupid to know what Marxism is anyway. <laughs> exactly. It don't fucking matter, does it? Pulling out all this, oh, it's fucking Marxist. The trying to make us all fucking, oh, do this and do that. And oh, it's fucking Stalin's coming back. Shut yeah. up, you divvy cunts. You ain't got a fucking clue what it even means. Get in yeah, the fucking I, sea. You should say to him, saying, what do you think about Weber then? With his different Marxism di- theories. <laughs> You That's definitely a different... had a fucking drink, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> You've heard about Weber, haven't you? That's a different level from uh, Marxism. Oh. He had a different theory on it. That's from a, that's my GC, GCSE sociology. I failed on it, by the way. <laughs> Some of these people wouldn't know what Marxism was if the Communist Manifesto smacked him on the head. <laughs> it's just yeah. ridiculous. So, yeah. Basically... If you're not black, just shut the fuck up about racism. <laughs> Spot on. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm glad we uh, we at least got to smile a little bit because, yeah, I feel like we need to go a bit to the drawing board. I mean, I tried, I tried casting a spell to break the London curse. I feel like um, maybe I didn't wash Ben, uh, Big Ben enough. Um, on the other hand, it kind of felt like it was working at the start. You know, um, we got extremely lucky when they were attacking and should have scored. We score with our first attack. Phillips has the left foot, um, and uh, and and Werner's clearing off the line for us, and then smashing it into the crossbar. So I, I felt like we did get quite lucky. Um, I'm willing to give the idea that I have broken the London curse another go. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. Did you just say you didn't wash Big Ben enough? Or <laughs> and is that a metaphor? Is that is that, is that, is that a euphemism? See, is that going on the group chat? <laughs> you guys, you don't watch the podcast. You don't listen to the fucking podcast. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I listen to some of it, but it depends on what I want to listen to when I go out for a fucking walk. <laughs> there's, there's listeners going, what the fuck? He doesn't know about Big Ben. What are these guys? These guys do don't even listen to their own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even pretend. I mean, I have watched a bit of it. To be fair, I watched like the first 20 minutes with that, with that to, Reddit post from Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not cutting it out. It's your own, you've laid your bed. You fucking get in it. Main cast, <laughs> main cast number nine. It was after the Crystal Palace game. Main cast number nine is called It Will End Here. I decided that we were cursed in London and I Googled how to break curses. A I spell remember, yep, yeah. To break rem- curse, you know? Yep, I remember it, listening to it, yeah. Yeah. And it involves me. <laughs> no, you involved- fucking don't. No, I do. I do. <laughs> Now that I mentioned it, it involved me cleaning a Big Ben statue in salt water. 
uh, whilst muttering incantations. All right, then. <laughs> it's I mean, I must, have just, I must have just missed that bit, mate, but, you know, main cast's so good, you know, I'm usually wanking, so perhaps I just jizzed at that point and missed, missed the joke. Sorry, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Understandable. Yeah. One, one question, one question I'd like to ask there. Mm. was did fans make the difference to some referee decisions today? Lorente's yellow card, I would say definitely. The referee had a very bad game. Lots of little fouls didn't go our way. And especially a couple on Rafinha. I mean, there's one where it's a little bit soft, where where Kante's hand has gone into his face. Oh, do you mean where he full-on, you know, punched him in the face, that one I saw? Oh, it was nearly blading. It was off his head, wasn't it? Can't believe you're awful. underplaying that, Donny. Absolutely awful stuff, that. <laughs> if I hit you like that, it'd knock you out, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it's inspiring that he got up and carried on, really. I know, I agree. Please, that, innit? Reminiscent <laughs> of uh, Mick Jones with his um, dislocated uh, shoulder. <laughs> That was literally like Charlton when he stood up against that that uh, Chelsea player and nearly had Dutton back. Mm. So there were a lot of little decisions that when they don't go your way, it definitely has a psychological mm. impact. You think, oh, no, the ref's against us. And he probably was the schneid balding twat. <laughs> <laughs> there was a few times when uh, we were taking a, a, a long time for... Uh, taking a throw in and all of a sudden the che- Chelsea fans behind were like come on ref come on ref and there was actually one time the actual ref went to the Leeds but I think it was Aileen saying right you're taking the mickey now that's the last time I'm going to do that yeah well we all knew this was going to happen Bielsa got mm. it spot on like he usually does in terms of his analysis of, of football which is if no team should be allowed home fans while some teams aren't because mm. it will whether it's 2,000 200 20,000 or full stadiums it's going to give you an advantage because you could hear from, I don't know whether you guys were watching it or which Sky Sports channel you watched it on if you did, but you could get it where obviously you heard the actual legit crowd noise and 2,000 fans can make a lot of noise, guys. You mm. know, I've been to Farsley Celtic and listened to 200 fans make plenty of noise, let alone 2,000. Bing! That's a <laughs> Celtic klaxon. Farsley! <laughs> um... As as this, that's why. Um, but do you know what I mean? Like 2,000 people, it makes a difference. It genuinely mm. does. Um, so I don't bollocks. think, I generally don't like making excuses for myself or my team. We were still um, outplayed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no doubt. I like to take responsibility. Um, I don't think it made such a big difference that it we got outplayed the way we did. Definitely not. No, I don't. I do think it makes a difference, though. I'd 100% believe it makes a difference. I know it does because I've played. I've played football with crowds. And so it's I know it makes a difference. It's when it's five people down at goals in Kirk still don't no. <laughs> From the balcony. <laughs> they put me off. It was them. No. Amateur, amateur football, but big, big enough crowds to make a difference, you know. 100, 200. You know, 50, 100, 200, um, it makes a difference. And 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 when it goes quiet, you know, and when they're jeering you or or they're groaning, especially, <laughs> can uh, never happen to me, of course. No, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
but it does get to you. It does get to you. So it does definitely does make a difference. And it goes against it goes against the ethics of sport, doesn't it? Yeah. About fair play. Yeah. Can we seriously address what those noises were though today? Like, what the fuck was that noise they were making at Lorente? Like, it was literally like pantomime booing. Mm. I think it's it their pathetic. mating call. <laughs> it's the... the mating call of the Cockney inbred. Yeah, exactly. The inbred Cockney mating call. You've got to be careful when they make that noise because it means that they're, they've got at least a semi on. And they're 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 ready to they're ready to jump at you. Fucking hell! They're in heat. Yeah, exactly. They're in heat. <laughs> they were they were they were a little bit hot. They were a little bit tasty for uh, for Diego there. I don't think it. I don't think it put him off too much. I don't know why they did it. I don't really know what it is. They're weird down south, aren't they? They're yeah. weird. Has anyone seen what um, what's been said after the game by Bielsa at all? Nope, but we can have a look. Um, so Bielsa said it was a fair result. We mm. failed to recover the ball in the first phase. It was a game difficult to defend due to the quality of their forwards. Admitted the inability to cope with set pieces was an important aspect in the defeat. That was actually Chelsea's... Um, Seventh goal from a corner this season, which is more than twice the next nearest, of which we are one of, I think, about four or five teams who are on three. So they are clearly very good at set pieces, and we've known for a long time that we are pretty fucking shoddy at them. <laughs> it's not just um, free kicks or corners. It's it's also throw-ins. Um, you know, Liverpool have a specific throw-in coach, and I was reading some analysis about throw-ins and the quicker you take a throw-in the more likely you are to retain possession and so many times watching us we'll we won't take that quick throw-in we'll wait for our throw-in designated throw-in taker to come over and take it i just think just fucking get on with it it's just a throw-in it's not hard is it unless you're doing fucking old school stoke long throws yeah exactly was it rory delap who did that sure it was there was one fella who who did a a fucking uh, cartwheel before he before he let it go. I wouldn't mind bringing that back. Bring bring a bit of that shit back from the. There was some good shit that happened in the nineties. Get Rafinha doing some Brazilian esque fucking throwing style shit. Now sure he could do some creative. Cookie. Yeah, he could do some creative shit. This is the analysis we didn't want. But uh... This is the analysis we need. <laughs> Barney. Fucking hell, Barney. Can you not, can can you not boost heroin while live on the podcast, mate? No, I, I think you're right about the, the throw-ins, but I think it's all about the process, isn't it? It's about the, the move on the players. <laughs> And the fact that if certain players aren't going to be moved, aren't going to move at the same time, that's when it's always Ailing that takes the throw in, though, isn't it? Half the time, most of the time, yeah. But I think <laughs> what you get in there is, I think Bielsa feels. I, I imagine, I don't know, because I'm not his pal. Obviously, I wish I was. Throw him a text message and ask him. Um, but I think he probably feels about throw-ins the way he does about corners, which is that they're not a beautiful part of the game. They're not a really, you know, 
brilliant interplay and triangles and creating really good attacks. They can be used in that way, but I just think that Bielsa looks at corners and um, throw-ins as, as just a bit of a, the ball's not in play, this is shit, let's see what happens. So I don't, I don't think he focuses on it. Um, did he ever play headers and volleys? Yeah, fucking course I did. Yeah. Heads I and mean, volleys, loved it. Did, I guess, I'm guessing that's not part of uh, the training structure. Well, the, actually, no. remember that vi- that video that Sky did about the Elsa and the secret behind him and stuff. Mm. And there was one there was one video where um, there was a couple of Argentine Argentinian players doing like headers over the um, over the, the net, and it wasn't about just heading the ball. It was the actual skill of heading the ball and what difference he would make. So it's not just about throwing the ball to another player. It's a that's what did I learn the most from headers and volleys? Can you have a guess? How to head it and how to volley it? No. <laughs> uh-uh. Guess again. Mo- movement? <laughs> I don't know. Get it out. Get it out. No, don't, don't get it out. <laughs> crossing. Yeah, crossing. Crossing. And being able to pick a head, being able to cross it in, to a specific point in space. And I feel like, I mean, I d- I'm not even sure I remember the last time we... Okay, yeah, I do. Uh, Villa, Jackie Harrison, um, he swung it in between the two centre-backs for Bamford to ping it in off his nose. No, it was Sheffield United, wasn't it? Sheffield United. Yeah, yeah. One that was, of that was the one teams. I was going to say. One of those yeah, shit was- southern teams. One of those that's on a point somewhere. They're down south and they're shit. That's all I know. <laughs> so that hap- that doesn't happen enough. It doesn't happen enough. We should be we should be moaning about how many headers are going over the bar and going wide, but we can't. Where we've been robbed of that because the crosses aren't coming in. He's never going to care about corners and stuff, though, mate. Did you notice that Phillips has been taken off of corners as well, and that it was click today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. That happens. That happened. I think a couple of games ago. Yeah, I don't know why that is. Seems odd, but... To me, it was because Click did one corner and he found Cooper and Cooper obviously headed it onto Rosette. But yeah. that was like the first corner that, oh, fuck, it's to gone be, into yeah. that. It's dipped into that kind of six-yard area or just surrounding that. And we've found somebody's head. To be fair, you reminded me of one piece of quality today. Click corner... Played out to edge of box that Rafinha volleyed. It got oh, blocked. God, came yeah. back to him and then he put it over. But that was one hell of a pinpoint corner. And it was a good connection from Rafinha. So it was a very good block by Chelsea defender. But mm. yeah, so maybe that's why he's on corners. Right. I've got an idea about murder ball. I'm gonna I'm gonna go to Costa Weatherby and tell Bielsa about it. So what do you remember Wally as a kid? Yes, I do. Yes. I remember what yeah, Wally. 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 Yeah. So basically, if you miss yeah. a corner, you're in net, and if you lose, you're going to get the ball hitting your ass. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There was an element of. There was always an element of that, wasn't there? There was always yeah. an element of if you fuck up, you're going in goal, and just shut the fuck up and get in goal. You know? yeah. So with heads and volleys and Wally, have you guys considered sending your CVs into Bielsa and see if you've got a role on his, on his fucking coaching team? 
What is that called? What is it? What What do you call it when you you have to stand in the goal and Wally? I used to call it Wally as a kid. Is that what you called it? Yeah, I, it's going to be like this one of the things of Guinness or a fucking VAP or something in it now. I thought you were going to start talking about fucking Kirby or something next. Are we going to throw that Kirby? into training too? Kirby. This that is, is Kirby. it. We've got it. That'll Marcella. be accurate throw-ins. Kirby, yeah. accurate yeah. throw-ins, mate. Yeah. Fucking yeah, come on. There you what, go, have you got then. a fucking pen? We we've got, a new, we've got a new coaching plan for Bielsa. He doesn't, he doesn't fucking know anything really, does he? No. <laughs> Mr. Bielsa. That, how, Mr. Bielsa, let me just uh, inform you about the beautiful game. Please write him a Christmas card with these ideas in. You just you meet him one day and you're like, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be, oh, hello, sir. I mean, I love, I love you, but um, just Wally and um, Kirby. Uh, uh, Eds and V's, Eds and V's, come on. I think, I think it's the missing ingredient. Uh, if I could just have a moment of your time, we could have a coffee and we could just talk about Kirby and um. Oh, I could just picture him going into training with them ideas, having listened to the players just going, you've lost your mind, you daft cunt. <laughs> bueno, so now we will go to the street and uh, we play a, a game called Kirby. Very traditional uh, around these parts. Yeah, only Bielsa's and... doing it with a fucking hand grenade. <laughs> and uh, right afterwards, bueno, uh, jumpers for goalposts. Fuck you know. <laughs> so right after berating people for uh, not wearing masks and not listening to scientists, uh, we've uh, then waltzed into um, <laughs> lecturing Bielsa on Kirby and Wally. That's the missing ingredient. Fucking uh-huh. hell, okay. It's, it's I think done, we all it? know he knows more than us. It's time to wrap this podcast up before we... Um, uh, I don't know. Or we genuinely lose our minds. Before we, yeah, and genuinely get like death threats. Like, can you, can you, can you not tell Bielsa about Kirby and this stuff? Like, I've got some a box of cowling in the fridge, so I'm gonna rant on straight away after this on Twitter. <laughs> get it done, Barney, please. Make it look really <laughs> fucking serious. <laughs> Want to see how many bites you can get? Fucking hell. Oh, dear. Okay, so final thoughts. It's not that bad, is it? They're a really expensive team. Cookie? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it doesn't... Listen, it's, it's a defeat we all expected, I think. And I think four points from nine from the last three games we would have all taken. Um, we could have had six because I think we should have beaten Arsenal. So I think there's lots of positives. Um, I think, is it West Ham up next? So I think it's just key that we go into that with a bit more positivity. Um, hopefully get back to our football and hopefully they don't put a mid-fucking block in place and listen to Donny's master t- t- tactician. Um, but yeah, I think I think, um, I think think we'll be all right. We're still comfortable. Look at the squad we've got, the expense of it. We'll be mid-table somewhere. Um and my only other final thought is that Barney's a dirty fucking Marxist. <laughs> if you only knew. <laughs> <laughs> no, so basically my final thoughts is that we, we didn't look that bad. It was all about fine margins again. 
they had a few chances to score. We had a few chances to score. We actually made them really ordinary in the first half. The second half was okay. Yeah, and Dallas needed to Norman on a fucking team over. Mm. To be honest, Barney, I pretty much disagree with your analysis there. But <laughs> <laughs> as his final thoughts, maybe we'll just let it slide. <laughs> Isn't that why it's the beautiful game? So many different opinions. Just, let's just have Wally. Just Wally and Kirby, that's it. <laughs> Is there a Kirby World Championships? Maybe we can... Well, we maybe we've gone now, as far as we can with, 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 with Leeds United <laughs> Football Club. Maybe we've gone as far as we can in football. Um, maybe we should just uh, start supporting Leeds United Kirby Club. Or start one. But yeah, um, Donny, I think Barney's trying to say something to you, though, which is, will you please shut the fuck up so he can drink his garlic? <laughs> and on that note. Um, so if you liked more of that uh, depressing, uh, bizarre, weird chat, uh, subscribe to us on your podcast player. Follow us on uh, Twitter. We're at Peacocks Raw. My name's Adonis. You know me as at the Adelites on Twitter. It's a very goodbye from me. And it's a uh, very goodbye from Stuart Barnett. You know him as at Barney underscore 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 21. Bye-bye. <laughs> and it's a very goodbye from Cookie. Uh, you know him as at Mickled onions on Twitter. Goodbye, all elves, aren't we? <laughs> Out of context marketing. <laughs> Get it okay. in there. Yeah, there's there's still time to donate to uh, all elves, aren't we? And if you want to check that out, if you don't know about it, at all elves, aren't we? But uh, I'm sure that if you're listening to this, you're just one of those hangers on who already has listened to our podcast because literally no Leeds United fan is going to tune in to a review of a 3-1 away defeat to Chelsea. That was your match review. We'll see you on Wednesday. Thank you and goodbye. Most of our stats come from LUFC Stats or LUFC Data on Twitter. You should probably give them a follow as they're more interesting than us. A very special thanks to Adam Elliott, Adam Warner, Barney Stewart, Cookie, Ewan and Howard Metcalf, Josh Pearson, Laura, Leon and Rob, the light show and all our family and friends.